How is it that innovative software solutions have the ability to change the world and improve our lives, yet they don't sell themselves? How is it that I know my target market, but I'm not able to generate enough qualified sales opportunities? How do I even get started to create visibility for my brand across channels when I'm not an expert at marketing? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Welcome to Simplify, software marketing made simple. Hey everyone, this is Liz from MediaDev, and today I am joined with founder and CEO of DoubleCheck Research, Ryan Sorley. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? Hey, Liz. I'm doing great. How are you? I am very good, and I'm very excited to have you back for another episode of our podcast. And today we're going to talk about the truth about losing B2B software sales deals, why it's not about price. So I'm really interested to hear your opinion about this because so many software vendors think that in order to be competitive, they need to have a cheap price. And I know that from your vast experience doing win-loss interviews that you have found that that's not necessarily the case. Um, so. I'd love to understand a little bit more your perspective about that. You know, people often think that price is the driving motivator, you know, when choosing one solution over another. But what's your experience with that? Is that true? So <laughs> um, it, it may be true in the mind of the seller, uh, but in reality, when you speak to buyers, it's rarely the case, unless you're selling some sort of a commodity where one competitor has a solution that's pretty much exactly the same as, as the other solution, and there's no clear differentiation. But primarily when speaking to buyers about the reasons that they select a, a company, um, price is it always going to be a factor, but it's really rarely the most important factor. It could be that they um, it was a product market fit situation. It could be that they had a difficult sales process and didn't really feel good about a cultural alignment with the organization. Um, it could have been that their best friend works with uh, another company and really enjoys that relationship. So based on that really strong peer referral, they, they went with the other company. But what happens is uh, in post-mortem discussions, when the seller is on the phone asking why they didn't win, it's just really easy for the buyer to say price. It kind of lets them off the hook so they don't have to go into more gritty detail about the real true reasons why they didn't choose that particular provider. That makes sense. So in the overall scheme of the sales cycle, you know, you've just touched on some important points. I mean, what what's even more important than price then? Is it that relationship? You know, is it, uh, you know, the referral that you mentioned? What 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 do you think is really maybe the most important element when we're talking about, you know, selecting a, a particular software solution. So it's, it's tough to, to, to pick one thing just because, you know, as, as you know, there's just so many different types of products out there, solutions, um, price points, use cases, it's just all, all across the board. But if I was to pick a handful of, of really important issues, clearly the product has to align to the needs of the buyer. Um, so they have to feel really confident that whatever problem they were looking to solve can be solved with that particular solution. The peer uh, referral area is extremely important. And I think people um, undervalue the importance of this aspect. I have seen, we have seen many deals go south when 
um, a vendor was was neck and neck with another vendor, and ultimately a peer referral discussion uh, came into in between the two organizations, and and because of the really positive feedback about one provider over another, or the really negative feedback, um, the outcome <laughs> was was set set in stone based on that that peer discussion. So that's another really important one. And, and we always recommend organizations spend extra time on their customer relationships to make sure that every single client that you have is referenceable. And if there's a problem that they're having with your solution or your approach, that you solve it pretty quickly because you do not want a situation where that buyer is not endorsing you when somebody asks in the future. So we have product fit. Uh, we have reference. Uh, other areas, it could be a committee buying decision, and each committee member may have different needs. And you may have somebody within that committee who has more weight than the others. So oftentimes, sellers don't really explore all of the different stakeholders that are involved in a buying process. And if they miss out on one that's really important, they could lose that deal uh, once again. But Liz, there are endless reasons why organizations lose deals. If the salesperson wasn't responsive, you know, if they sure. were super aggressive when they were <laughs> selling, um, that's a really big one. If they just didn't make the buyer feel good, uh, that's also a big challenge. But price, uh, rarely the real reason. There's often all kinds of underlying issues that come and I would imagine, too, it's not always just like you said, it's not one thing. It's maybe, you know, a combination of things uh, many times. So I know you've worked with hundreds of organizations over the years and have helped so many people to better understand, you know, their buyer personas, you know, how to become more customer centric and focus on providing even more value to the end user customer. So what would you say to the naysayers who think I don't need win loss analysis to help improve my sales cycle? You know, I would say I'm that sure, everybody. I'm sure you come across that. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard yeah, that before. You know, uh, it, it's it's interesting because most of the time we're lucky enough when we work with organizations, it's because they had a need and they found us. <laughs> so we're not having to do a lot of selling on the concept of win loss. Uh, it's more mm -hmm. about making sure that we're the right fit for that particular company's win loss efforts. But I think what um, what I would say about that is most organizations have a win loss program. Uh, whether it's formal or informal, they have something in place where they're capturing information about the buying process. And most of the time, that information is captured from the sales team. And it could be as limited as asking the salesperson to pick a reason code in their uh, Salesforce dropdown when they're closing out a, a, a loss opportunity in the system. Or it could be, you know, a little bit more where where somebody's actually interviewing the salesperson on the reason that the deal was was won or lost, and trying to get a little bit more of a story there. Um, but what I can tell you, having conducted thousands of interviews, we actually conduct thousands of interviews annually at this point. Um, we see a huge, huge gap between what the sellers think the reasons are that they're losing and what the buyers share are the reasons because. In our process, we're often interviewing both buyers and sellers um, to be able to identify those gaps. Um, and with the leadership team looking at data, using that data to inform investments, strategic decisions, 
They need to make sure that data is accurate. And I can tell you with much certainty, and I don't think many people would disagree, that salespeople are not the best resource for really understanding what happened in a deal. Yeah, no, for sure. And of course, you know, many of them have uh, an interest perhaps, you know, not to give all the information, you know, because they may be worried about losing their jobs or, you know, something like that. So um, I know that many of our listeners are involved in the lead generation side of the sales process. So, you know, really far from where you come into the game after the sale is completed in order to analyze what happened during the actual sales cycle. So for you, if we start with a handover of a lead from marketing over to sales and go all the way through to winning or losing the deal, what are some critical milestones that you can pinpoint that we should pay attention to or what can sales reps do you know, better, um, even from the very start of the process in order to ensure that more of their leads convert into actual sales? That's a, a really good question. Uh, let's see. So if we're looking at the, the buyer's journey and we're starting with the awareness stage and, and we're looking at, you know, why that buyer may have taken a, a call from you in the first place, you know, why that lead was sourced and, and turned into some sort of a sales discussion, it's, it's really important for the seller to start by asking some really great open-ended questions about, you know, what was significant about this moment in time that led that buyer to want to have this call with you? You know, what problem are they looking to solve? You know, when did they realize they had an issue or a problem to solve in the first place? What kind of an impact is this problem having on their business? So I think a lot of sellers will uh, really try hard up front to figure out like what what is the what's the reason here? But asking some really genuine, authentic, open-ended questions at at the beginning uh, will help the seller really guide guide the discussion from from that point on. Another critical moment here is disqualifying accounts because not everybody is a good fit, and too many sellers will take that deal and run with it, knowing that, yeah, it may not be the best fit, uh, but I really need to hit my number. <laughs> so instead of spending time looking for a better opportunity, um, they might waste time on an opportunity that's not really worth closing or not really all that closable at the end of the day. Um, after they do go through a qualification process and they feel like it's a really strong fit, both the organization does, a uh, buying organization and selling organization feels that there's some strong alignment. It's really important for them to next understand, like, what is the buying process? And sure, um, the seller has a selling process. They've been trained on a certain number of steps and activities, but we need to understand how the buyer wants to buy so that they feel like we're a strong partner. We really understand what it is that um, they're looking for from the process, what's the timeline, what are the key milestones and steps, who else is involved. So past qualification, it's really starting to understand what this buying cycle will be like. Um, then we have to kind of start to really understand what the specific needs of that buying organization might be and how it aligns with a solution that we're offering. And, and that that often happens, you know, the after the first couple of calls and they really start to get into that you know, vision for a solution, uh, product match alignment type discussion. And during that, that phase, what, what often will happen is buyers will provide, a, I'm sorry, sellers will provide a product demo. And we see a lot of deals go south at this, at this point because the seller 
it's not really uh, providing a demo in the context of how the buyer would like to see the, the product. And they're not really taking time to understand what good looks like, what would be a successful demonstration for, um, for that particular buying organization. So they, you know, do their canned demo and, and the buyer walks away with the feeling that they just saw a canned demo that didn't really align well to their, um, their, their use case, their need or their organization type. So, so people get, they lose uh, quite often at, at that point, especially against competitors who have taken the time to build more of a contextualized approach to the demonstration process. Um, from there, you know, we, we want to really make sure not to lose the deal through the um, proposal phase, making sure that what we're offering is not too much or too little, but it's just right, you know, as Goldilocks said. And it really aligns to the, the needs of, of the buying organization. Um, we have full buy-in from the leadership team all the way through to the contract negotiation process. So, you know, the, the, the demo is a key moment in time, Liz, where people often will lose an opportunity um, if they haven't done proper listening upfront and qualification, their whole deal might be doomed from the start. And then when once you're putting together the offering, making sure it's well aligned to the needs of, of the client. You also at that point want to know if you're competing with anybody. And, you know, often organizations, when they hear they're competing, they'll just drop their price. And that's a fool's errand at the end of the day, because often in strategic investments, the buyer has made a decision because a solution is better fit to serve their needs. And they see the return on the investment, even if it's more expensive. So just to drop your price <laughs> because you, you think mm -hmm. it will help you win the deal, you know, Maybe it will, but do you really want a client that's more interested in in your price than than your value at the end of the day? Is that going to be a good client for you long term mm -hmm. um, as well? So I know I just rambled for a little while, but but no, no, no. Uh, it was you've a very open-ended question that you asked. Yeah. Well, you've made some very good points, and I know that you've uh, got some very good resources on your website too about you know why the demo is so important, and um, you know how you can better align your demo to resonate with your audience as well. So definitely, I would like to invite our listeners to check out those resources on the Double Check you know research website. So I know that you're working on a book and just recently launched your own podcast, you know, speaking about content. Um, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit more about that too. Yeah. Um, so the, the podcast is called Blind Spots and it's a podcast for B2B technology product marketers who really want to understand uh, best practices directly from subject matter experts in different aspects of Product marketing. So, we have guests on uh, on the show like Adele Rivella, who who is the founder of the Buyer Persona Institute, who spoke about her process, her five steps to building a, a buyer persona. Uh, we we have a, a guest named Jason Smith, uh, who was our first show, and and he is the founder of Clue, a competitive intel competitive enablement platform that many of our clients use um, to create automated battle cards. And we have a, a bunch of other sessions coming up, one coming up in August with Chris uh, Mealy, who is the founder of the software of software pricing partners. And Chris, in that session, talks about this concept of monetization and how 
uh, B2B SaaS-based software companies should really be thinking about their ongoing pricing strategies to differentiate and, and win more deals ultimately. So we have a really long lineup of impressive speakers who really are domain experts and dish up a lot of really interesting content. So um, if you want, want to subscribe to that, look for Blind Spots by DoubleCheck on Apple, um, Google, Spotify, you'll find us there. And then the book, uh, Sorry, the book is coming out. Should be coming out uh, around the the end be, end of this year, beginning of next year. Wow, awesome! Uh, yeah, it's also called Blind Spots, and this one at this time, although the, the title could change, <laughs> uh, <laughs> th th this particular book is um, is really written once again for B two B tech product marketers who really need to start from scratch uh, as it relates to launching a win loss program. This is kind of a modern pro product marketers take on win-loss analysis versus some of the uh, more traditional um, books uh, on the topic. So it's a fun book. Uh, hopefully people will really enjoy reading through it and reading the stories associated with different aspects of a, a best-in-class win-loss program. But yeah, we're super excited for that to come out shortly. Awesome. That's very exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I have already subscribed to your podcast because I think the content is so great. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I'll look forward to, to other episodes. And for those of you listening, of course, you can get lots of more episodes of our podcast on our resource library at mediadev.com. And Ryan, thank you again so much for your time today and all of your insights. It's been really fascinating talking to you. My pleasure. Thanks again, Liz. You just listened to Simplified, brought to you by MediaDev. If you have software marketing questions or need help marketing your software solution, reach out to us at contact at mediadev.com and check out other amazing assets for you on our resource library at mediadev.com. <laughs>